0: This is the Way Family Church Sermon Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We'd love for you to join us in person, Sunday mornings at 10.30. Visit us online at wayfamily.church.
1: Glory to God. Amen. Here I am. Send me. Today is mission Sunday is going to be heavily focused on missions. What is missions? What do we do? So I have a short word for you today, but today I really, really want us to make time to listen to two missionaries that are with us today. But missions, why is it important? Why do we make time for this? Because it's part of what we have been called to do as Christians. In Matthew t- chapter 28, we hear this great commission, meaning that we're all part of this great mission to go make disciples of all nations baptize them in the name of the father son and the holy spirit all nations what does that mean it's not just here not just our hometown we need people to go we need people to send we need people who are willing to to go places where we can't or we won't be able to right and we've said we've heard this before that the lord has gifted us uniquely he has given us certain talents certain abilities of which we are to utilize for his glory and the expansion of his kingdom so i have certain giftings that you don't but you have certain giftings that i don't and so together when we come together we're able to do more for the kingdom of god and his glory amen so i'd like to share with you a passage from third john Now, who is John? John is one of the twelve, self-described as the one whom Jesus loved, which I love that, you know, about John. And so he was the brother of James, son of Zebedee. He was a fisherman as well as Peter and Andrew were, right? And his brother James. And so this John was very blessed and fortunate to walk alongside with the Lord Jesus Christ. He knew him personally and the Lord knew him personally as well. And so from him, we read this letter. It's third letter of John, third John. So if you have your Bibles, turn to third John. We're going to look at verse one through eight. There's only one, not even a chapter, it's just verses here. It's a short letter from John. I'd like to read through this with you just briefly because there's a very important message here and it does apply to us today. And it says this in 3 John verse 1. This is a greeting from the elder as he is self-described. And he says this, the elder... To the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth, so clearly we see that John, working as a leader of the church, is writing to his co-laborer, Gaius. Gaius is someone that he has perhaps discipled before. In fact, it it is clear that he has discipled him. They have a relationship. They know who they are. And they're both laboring together for the purpose of the mission that Christ has called us to, and that is to make disciples of all nations. And he says... Gaius, whom I love in truth, and he writes, beloved or dear friend, there's definitely relationship there. I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. For I rejoice greatly when the brothers came and testified to your truth as indeed you are walking in the truth. John is happy that one whom he has discipled is doing the work of the ministry and he's grateful that those whom he has sent out have come back with wonderful reports about Gaius. Gaius is actually serving them. He is uh, uh, supporting those whom John has sent and then he continues and says beloved it is a faithful thing you do in all your efforts for these brothers strangers as they are. Now strangers not in the sense that they're total strangers, strangers in the sense that they're not from Gaius' church, they're from John's church most likely, but strangers to Gaius, he still cares for them. He says, strangers as they are, who testified to your love before the church, you will do well to send them on their journey in a matter worthy of God, for they have gone out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. Therefore, we ought to support people like these, we may follow, or that we may be fellow workers for the truth. Amen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for this wonderful instruction that we have, Lord Jesus, full of intention and purpose. Father, I ask that you would speak to us today. That You would open up our ears to hear Lord Jesus and our hearts, Father, and that we would uh, be willing, Father, to support those whom you have sent, our brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, who do the work that you've called them to do for the sake of the name that is above all names, Jesus Christ. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Now, there's a number of direct implications for missions that we read here, and I'm not going to take too much time, but I do want to share this because it's important. And then with an open heart and mind, let's hear from our sisters who are going to present today. The first implication that we see here out of just this short portion of this letter from John is that there's concern for missions and missionaries, and it is good. We need to have concern from them. Now, how many of you guys know someone who is a missionary? Everyone should raise your hand because I am one too. My mission is here. You're currently in a mission. This is the mission. You know, When I was in elementary school up in California, that's where I grew up in California, one of the things that we had to do was visit several missions. And so that was a good question. What are these missions, and why do we have to go? So we had to go to like San Jose Mission, Santa Maria, San Diego. There was San Fernando missions. These very antique-looking like buildings. But what was so special about these places? It was the mission, and that's what we call them. We have one nearby, San Javier, right? The, the, the whole purpose of those places was that the gospel would be known and that it would be practiced, right? And likewise, we come together and when we send people out, we do it for that purpose, that the message of the gospel would be proclaimed, that it would be lived, that people would come to know Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior, and that they would be able to experience the love of Christ that is only found in Christ. That's why we send people. So we should have concerns for missions and missionaries because it is good. In fact, within these these verses here, John asserts that his friend Gaius is walking in truth in the truth. He's doing the thing that is biblical, that is right, that is God-honoring, and that it is a faithful thing that you do in all your efforts for these brothers. So there's a clear concern that Gaius shares here from the people that John has sent. And he concludes that we ought to support people like these, meaning missionaries. Now scripture is clear that a desire to support the spread of the gospel to those who have not heard it is a good thing because it is a characteristic of a healthy church. A healthy church sends. A healthy church is activated in mission. A healthy church understands what we're called to, understands the purpose that we have been created for, and lives it out. And so having concern for missions and missionaries is good. The second implication that we see here is cooperation among local churches is encouraged. Now this is one something wonderful about our church and the network, we're part of a network of just different supporting churches. And I have received so much wonderful support from other uh, uh, churches as a missionary, as in, uh, from individuals. And today we have the opportunity to do the same with our sisters who are presenting today. We have the ability to work together, to cooperate among local churches, because we are truly better together. We are stronger when we come together. Cooperations and missions between multiple local congregations is important. These gospel workers went out from another church likely John's, and they came through Gaius's church. Now, although they were strangers to Gaius, as mentioned, they, Gaius still knew them, and he still understood that relationship because they were ministers of the gospel of Jesus. So John says that Gaius ought to support people like these, that we ought to partner with these people that they may be more productive in mission and in purpose and the whole mission and purpose is to honor christ and make his name be known a third implication that we find here is knowing we ought to support is who we ought to support is crucial now do we support anybody who says hey i'm a missionary give me money let's go or give me things let's go i need batteries let's go right we need to understand who we ought to support It's very crucial. John narrows it down for us considerably, considerably, and I'm grateful for that. John describes a special obligation to support those who have been sent for the sake of the name, and that's who we support, those who are sent for the sake of the name. So the question is, where are you going? What are you doing? What are you preaching? What are you teaching? What is it that you're establishing? Whatever it is, it needs to be for the sake of Jesus Christ. Now, I checked, and both of these ladies today are being sent for the sake of the name, okay? So, thumbs up there. Now, these are the ones we ought to support, and we ought to support them prayerfully and materially as well. We ought to support them in every way that we can. John tells Gaius that these missionaries testified to the love before the church. That means they're doing the work that they've been called to expand the, the knowledge and the, I would say, just the... Um, uh, uh, what's the word excuse me to expand the name of jesus that people may know him. another implication is that support should be abundant john doesn't leave us to wonder what support for missionaries should look like he says it should be lavish abundant provided in a manner worthy of god so the way we support our missionaries should aim to to be as if we are sending christ himself on a journey isn't that amazing we need to be mindful of that we're doing this for the name of Jesus Christ, for him. So as if we are equipping Christ himself and his needs to send him on a journey. It's kind of interesting. If it was Christ that we were getting ready to go, what would we do for him? Right. And then the fifth implication that i like to share with you is the motivation is love. And it is for the glory of God. This is why we do what we do. This is why we should do what we do. So it's easy to see that the drive here is uh, is is. In regards to going and sending and supporting is love for the glory and knowledge of the name of the truth of Christ. Now this is the engine of the missionary machine i don't know what else what other word to say the missionary engine, right the missionary um, enterprise or whatever you want to call it it's it's love it's love for the sake of christ's name is love for the people that you're actually going out to and reaching you love them we care for them. we know that they're made in the image of God and so we're being propelled by that for the glory of God. Now, this is one way we can participate in revolutionizing, I think that's a word, the lives of people. People may come to know that when we have Christ, we're able to function, we're able to have peace, we're able to grow in spirit and in truth, because without Christ, we're kind of just like a rat in a wheel, right? We're hustling, bustling, we're trying to make meaning of life, but we can't. But once Christ enters into the picture, we are a new creation, and there's purpose, there's meaning, there's life, and life abundant, right? And so with that said, I just want us to dwell on this. The fact that, yes, the Bible does call us to go and make disciples, to be missional, and it does call us to support those who are. Because those who are willing to go, those who have said, here I am, send me, yes, because if I send you and if I support you, then I'm also participating in the beautiful work that we've been called to do in Jesus Christ, amen. Unfortunately, we weren't able to capture a recording of our missionary's presentation. However, I do have Sarah Whitehurst joining me today, who will share a little about her mission to Thailand. Hi, Sarah.
0: Hey, Brandon.
1: Uh, thank you so much for sharing with us today. I am going to have you talk a little bit more about your mission to Thailand again, just for the sake of whoever's listening here on our podcast. Now, you're a long-term missionary in Thailand. How did you get there?
0: Well, I've been doing missions full-time for 12 years, and I've been a missionary to Thailand for nine years. Um I was just shy of 21 when I went on my first missions trip, and we went to the Philippines for two weeks. And that changed my life forever. I had no idea the extreme physical poverty that exists in the world. And that trip led to several more trips to several more countries. Went to Mexico, Honduras, Dominican Republic, Haiti, Kenya, Tanzania, Swaziland, Philippines a couple more times. Everywhere that I went, I witnessed extreme poverty and desperate need. when I was in Thailand though, I started getting angry with the Lord because all I could think about were um, the people that didn't have electricity or running water, didn't know where their next meal was coming from. Because in Thailand, when, when we got there for the first time in the fall of 2012, you know, we walked out of the airport to beautiful paved roads and passed by grocery stores and malls and restaurants and we had air conditioning. and. I was just getting really upset because you know, like I mentioned, I, all I could think about were the people that didn't have anything. But God graciously helped me to see the spiritual poverty that I was overlooking because of the lack of physical poverty. Each mission trip I had been on before I got to Thailand, we partnered with the local church. Each of those people I'd had met had access to the gospel. The widows, orphans, and hungry that I met knew Jesus or had access to him. But over 88% of Thailand has never heard the good news thailand is 95 percent buddhist four percent muslim and only one percent christian
1: Well, so being predominantly buddhist how do you go about sharing the gospel in thailand how do you address that um just i imagine that there's a spiritual poverty there or definitely a different perception of what spirituality is here you are presenting the gospel something that is not prominent there how do you go about doing that
0: Well, to help make Jesus known, I work at an after-school community center, and we share the gospel through teaching English, doing Bible studies, and community outreaches. Uh, My most recent term, I was in Thailand from September 2019 to August 2022, when the world was shut down. (laughs) And during that time, we went from 25 students at the center to four, and it started to feel like I was there for no reason. And... I was pretty close to just packing up and going back to America, Um, but God, you know, when I finally took a second to stop feeling sorry for myself and asked God what He wanted me to do because He wasn't caught off guard by anything that was happening, He showed me this was a perfect opportunity for us to really pour into the four students that were coming. Three of them were teen girls and they showed an interest in knowing more about Christianity, and we could use the downtime uh, to be more intentional with them, which we couldn't do if we had 25 kids mm-hmm. there. And we found out that even though families were hesitant to send their children to us, they were totally cool if we went to them. So we started doing ministry in three different areas of the village. Uh, the teen girls were growing in their knowledge of the Word and in their desire to be Christians, and. I'm sorry. I always cry when I say it, but, but I'm happy to share that those three teen girls got saved.
1: So we started,
0: yeah, we started training and discipling these first generation Christians. And when we would do our community outreaches, each of the girls would take turns sharing a Bible story or leading worship and leading a game. And the Lord is giving them like boldness and knowledge to participate in the Great Commission.
1: That's awesome. Wow, so I I bet you can't wait to get back there and keep doing what you're doing. So then uh, if that's where you live, if that's where your long-term mission is, what are you doing here in the States now? What is it that you're trying to accomplish now?
0: Um, I'm on what's called itineration. It's when missionaries come home and they do fundraising and support raising. And so while I'm in the U.S., I travel to different churches and just share the mission that the Lord has Mm -hmm. me on and... Um, ask for people to, to support me, to come alongside me, and to partner with me, and in, in helping make Jesus known in Thailand. And
1: so, if anyone here listening today wants to support you, how how can they support you?
0: Um, well, first of all, prayer.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Thailand is very much under Satan's thumb, and he has full reign in Thailand, and. Um, so we, I need prayer just for spiritual covering for protection. My kids need prayer that the bondage of of Buddhism would be broken. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. No. Um, yeah. And just uh, for for their for the the soil of their hearts to be softened to receive the seed of the gospel because their hearts are very hardened toward the gospel. Um, so prayer first and foremost. Uh, secondly is. Um, Finances, you know, I get no compensation for what I do. I, I only have what the the church gives me.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so you're you're what we call 100% reliant on support. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, how do we do that? Uh, is there a way that we can give to you, or do you have a website that you can share with us?
0: Yes, my website is missionthailand.co, um, and on there it has. You know more information about what I do, where I work, and how you can get involved and how you can give, how you can pray.
1: Yeah. And then there's also newsletters and stuff. Oh, awesome. Mm -hmm. So there's a way to contact you to get updates on how things are going. Yeah. Uh, Awesome. Well, hey, thank you so much for sharing with us. Um, And uh, we definitely will be praying for you. And I know that we'll be able to support you in one shape or another. But all in all, thank you, Sarah. God bless you. I think you're doing great, great work. It's exciting.
0: Thank you, Brennan.